Listening to something weird. I'm your co-host Anna, and this is Brooke. Hello. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal, or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who've had an affinity for the strange since we first met, and now we're here to explore these phenomena with you. So it's been a while, um, a long while. Sure has since we last recorded. How long has it been? Well, we recorded and didn't use the last one, or did we? No, we didn't record. (laughs) We got too distracted. We started looking at pictures of Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And and, uh, so many things. We talked for like two hours. We did, but it was like... We were just talking about the guy from fucking American Horror Story. Mm. Finn. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah, well, got off track the last time, but even before that, it was a few months to downplay how many months it actually was. Here we We are. got busy. Usually we take a break in the summer. We just usually say we're going to take a break rather than just kind of falling off the face of the earth but i don't think anyone's really noticed in the listening sphere and if they have they haven't let us know so big shrug (sighs) big old shrug don't think anyone's life was impacted by this except maybe ours so maybe maybe Maybe. ours no no i've missed it and it's time to really dive right back into um, all the paranormal tales. Weird yeah. tales. Strange I'm ready. tales. Each week, though, one of us usually digs into some sort of paranormal tale as we ponder the question, do we want to believe? And I'm going to kick off this season, I guess, as it's my time to share. So if you recall, uh, we covered an episode of our Gateway Cryptid ye old Sasquatch, a few years ago for our in-person Halloween episode. But since then, we've been pretty hush-hush about our hairy boy, and I'd like to kick this season off with a big foot bang. Well, that's now that I just said that. It was supposed to be like big bang, like a big, okay. Um, (laughs) Crushed it. I'm just going to tell you about one of the most well-known interactions with the Sasquatch. Sasquatches. To get us into the paranormal mood. So we've heard plenty of stories about people encountering them. My mom's story about the Sasquatch who, like, lifted the car up. Mm Mm-hmm. Or what she believes was a Sasquatch. Um some other ones i i can't really think of any other than the main one right now than the uh, one that we heard when we were kids yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. well and then also patty you know yeah 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 well today's tale follows albert ostman you know him no well <laughs> 
he has the most infamous alleged Sasquatch encounter, like encounter in the annals of history. So okay, to jump right in, the most infamous account, and of course, I've never fucking heard of it. Well, it's like the encounter. I guess the sighting. Everyone knows that one, but like, yeah, this guy straight up Jane Goodalled it. Yeah. <laughs> with the Sasquatch. Okay. So. All right. So we're going to follow Albert Osman as and let's take a jaunt back to 1924 in the rugged wilderness of Toba Inlet, British Columbia. Like any man worth his weight in the 1920s, Osman was dedicated to his work of finding nuggets of gold as a prospector. Hmm. Osman was on the search for a long-lost gold mine that he was convinced was in the thick forest, and there wasn't a thing going to stop him. I'm imagining, or I had initially imagined this guy as kind of a gruff, right in a head into the bush in the search for gold kind of guy, and photos mm-hmm. do show him as kind of a rancher-looking man, and this was the 20s in Canada during gold rushy times. So think about that kind of character when imagining yeah. this story. Okay. Ostman had hired a Native American guide, or... Pardon me, Native Canadian guide, who told him that the man who'd originally found the gold mine they were searching for was allegedly killed by a Sasquatch. But what's this? What is a Sasquatch? Ostman had never heard of such a thing. Despite being a seasoned outdoorsman, he wanted to know more. What was a Sasquatch? So his guide told him about the large, hairy, man-like beasts they called Sasquatch. He spoke of their giant footprints and reclusive, mysterious nature. Ultimately, Osman said, yeah, no, that's nonsense. And I'm going to keep my eye on the prize, which is gold, baby. I mean, I can't blame him. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, fuck a Sasquatch. I don't even know what that is. Give me my gold. He's a man of this earth. So after a bout of trekking, Osman and his guide eventually set up camp and Osman decided to venture out on his own. Hi. So he was going out to investigate a little bit on his own to check out what was around the land and look at a nearby pass that he'd seen and, you know, perhaps do a little prospecting on the side. Equipped with his supply pack, rifle, and knife, he decided to spend a, time, a bit of time exploring, just lone wolfing it. And it didn't take long for Osman to notice some strange things happening around his camp. One morning, some items at his campsite had been moved around, although nothing was missing. He figured it had been sort of some sort of small animal tinkering with his belongings, but the following morning, he found his backpack emptied out still hanging from where he had left it the night before. But this time... What? I just am imagining a Sasquatch, like, picking through his backpack. I'll take this and this. Ooh. Fuck this. I don't want that. I'll take this. Like, <laughs> what? Stickers, patches, glitter. Like, what is he doing? Why is he going through a backpack? <laughs> well, think of, like, the Goofy or movie. She. He did that. You yeah, know? that's and true. And he was like, and like the sunglasses. And, and the cassette, around. yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. 
Very true. So, if you need a reference, a visual reference, people, just watch a Goofy movie for many reasons. So good. Osman finds his backpack emptied out, and it was still hanging from where he'd left it the night before. But this time, some items were missing. A half-pound sack of prunes. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep it regular. (laughs) Only a half-pound. He ate the other half. He's like, oh, the chill. Oh, man. And all of his pancake flour. Mm. Only a bag of salt remained. Which leads me to ask, what was he eating? Yo, (laughs) salt and pancake flour? I mean, checks out. You just add salt to any natural thing that you're going to snack on. Sure, sure. Prunes to keep yourself shitting. And pancakes. I guess, yeah, that's... Totally makes sense. I was just thinking like you would need more things to make pancakes, but I'm sure that he's not making like fluffy, delicious Like lemon ricotta pancakes? No, it's like ass cakes. Like just flour and water fried. (laughs) Who knows? That could be good. Especially with a little salt on top. I think we call that bread. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He's eaten well then. After spending some time looking around for his missing prunes and pancake flour, he also couldn't find any of his food. And he also didn't notice any footprints or anything that suggested anything other but animals being the culprits of his prune thievery. Nothing had been torn about or even left carelessly, only his overturned backpack. So it's not like they were just like a bear who was like clawing his way through things um, or even a raccoon who was going wild. Still, Osman experienced this silent intruder for three nights in a row, all without Osman noticing, even after he decided he was going to be vigilant. Hmm. By the fourth night, Osman decided to go to bed fully clothed with his rifle and knife easily reachable. If he had to stay up all night waiting for that darn critter, by golly, he was going to stay up all night. But he fell asleep. And at some point, he was awakened by something picking him up, sleeping bag and all. (laughs) Osman says at first he thought he was in a snowslide, but there wasn't any snow in the area at that time. Then he was lifted onto a horse while whatever was carrying him walked alongside it. Shit. Osman, wrapped up in his sleeping bag like a little burrito, couldn't see a damn thing, and could barely move, let alone find his rifle, which I guess he was sleeping with, if he even had it anymore. But, yeah, you know. I mean, that makes sense that you would keep it close. Yeah. Yeah. Put it in your sleeping bag. That doesn't seem like a very good idea, but... Stuck in total darkness, Ostman hopelessly felt their ascension uphill, noting the heavy breathing of his captor next to him. Every once in a while, Osman says they would let out a coughing noise or chatter strangely. And eventually, Osman felt like he was hearing some sort of language being spoken. For three excruciatingly blind hours, Osman was carried through the wilderness when he, inside his sleeping bag, was dumped unceremoniously onto the forest floor. 
Warily, Ostman peeked out from the folds of his sleeping bag, only to be met by darkness. As his eyes adjusted, he was eventually able to vaguely make out large, dark shapes moving around him, chattering among one another. This is like a family of squatches. Wow. His mind instantly raced to the Sasquatch beings his guide had told him about. Ugh, if only he'd taken him more seriously. Mm -hmm. He began plotting his escape, but his legs were badly cramped and it pained him to walk, so that was no dice. Eventually, I mean, he'd been like cramped up on the back of a horse, terrified for however many hours, like... I don't know. I I mean, I feel like in that situation, you would... Your body would be like, let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, he's not. He's like, really I'm young. a Charlie horse. A young buck. <laughs> All right. He's used to long days standing in a river in one place, shuffling gold and rocks through a sieve. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's also, though, been hiking and like going out into the wilderness. So there's that. I, I don't guess. know. Things were okay. not great for his legs. Eventually, daylight began to illuminate his surroundings, and he could finally see what, or who, had taken him. There were two massive creatures, eight feet tall, covered in hair, presumably the father and mother, along with two smaller ones, about six or seven feet tall. Osman describes one of the smaller beings as being between what he imagined was 11 and 18 years old, weighing about 300 pounds with wide jaws, a narrow forehead that slanted upwards towards the back of its head. The hair on its head was about six inches long, while the bodily hair was shorter and coarser. Osman described one of the female Sasquatches to have, quote, hair on the forehead with an upward turn like some women have. Bangs. Oh, she had bangs. So funny. (laughs) I was imagining like a cowlick. Like it yeah. did a little like a little foof. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like Steve. Steve <laughs> from Stranger Things. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think he was I mean this is a, a guy in the twenties describing things, so who really knows? He says that she could have been anywhere from forty to seventy years old and would have been five hundred to six hundred pounds. She had wide hips and a goose like walk. Okay. Rough. The adult male's teeth were longer, but not quite tusks, and he was close to eight feet tall with a barrel chest, a hump on his back, and wildly powerful muscles and shoulders. His hands were wide, the palm was long and broad and hollow, like a scoop, while his fingers were short in relation to the largeness of the rest of his hand. Osman says the only place he didn't see hair was on the inside of their hands, the soles of their feet, and the upper parts of the nose and eyelids. Which makes sense. It Checks out. Kind of what I imagined, I guess. While this could only have been shocking to Osman, he does say that the creatures did not act aggressively towards him and that even the younger ones seemed frightened of him. Hmm. Still, they didn't seem ready to let him go, so Osman stayed under their watch for the next six days, the large male constantly keeping an eye on him and positioning himself in front of the only way to potentially escape. When his captors did sleep, they would rest in a shelter lined and covered in bark and moss. Eventually, like kids with a strange new pet, 
the younger ones would come closer and closer to observe him, finally offering him a snack of nuts and some type of sweet grass he says the young boy Squatch would bring home from up the mountain. This is exchange, so cute. I know. Oh my I gosh. All Hang out. Hang out. Like, why are you trying to escape? Yeah, this is great. They're like, Daddy, what'd you bring home? <laughs> Dinner puppy? It's like this naked salamander. <laughs> In exchange for his treats, this is what really gets me. Osman would let the little boy Squatch play with his snuff box. Which is like a little tobacco box. Yeah. Which totally tracks. Why not? As you do. Osman says that it would open and close the tin, taste the snuff inside, and really just learn the ins and outs of the foreign apparatus. And soon, he demanded one for his sister. What a good brother. And lo and behold, Osman was a man prepared, and luckily, he had another snuff box to give her. That was probably high on his list of important things. Well, yeah. Osman says, for the most part, the adults rested and... The adults rested throughout the day while the children climbed, played, and discovered. Over the course of his stay, Osman claims that the creatures spoke to one another using some sort of language and that they weren't randomly growling or grunting at one another, but rather piecing together certain sounds or words to convey things to one another. Osman even noticed a few words that described things like when the adult male wanted Osman to sit down and stay put, he would say, Soka, soka. <sighs> offer him water they would use the word ook each wow. time right this is wild this is crazy i've never heard of anything like this yeah and like I when have it, you ever heard of like a family it's always like one-offs well i guess i've considered a family because of my mom's story yeah i guess she did that for her baby right yeah. And I can't remember. I it, I there's another story that does make me think, okay, they they would live in community. It also could have probably like been a TV show. So, there's that. Yeah, well there was that one movie where like a bunch of sasquatches were like killing and like raping humans. <laughs> but I don't really <laughs> use that as my authority source wait i feel like i forget about this every single time and we've had whole episodes where you're like no it was horrifying like, it was horrible we watched that together didn't we i mean i can only assume but i i have zero recollection i mean it's That's better that way it was Come horrifying on. and that was like multiple sasquatch is oh Oh, God. Yeah. That's so wrong on so many levels. Yeah. Who, ma who made that? I don't know. It's just fucking gross. Like, why do you have to take this thing and turn it into, like, a... Yeah, it doesn't even <sighs> want to hang out. Like, these ones do, but they're just, you know, giving him snacks. Yeah, they're just giving him water. They're yeah. getting tobacco out of it. It's a great deal. Yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah. Well, I just, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I've never heard something so like, like them existing and I don't know, just, just hanging out, being a family. Yeah. It's yeah. cute. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Well, 
Osman says that he picked up numerous words and that when he started using the words, the Sasquatches would respond appropriately. He was learning their fucking language, which That's is so just cool. I'm sorry, how far into his like capture are we? Um, I think like six days ish. But that's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> the longer Osman spent with the Squatch family, the more complex their communications became, from gestures to facial expressions and even some foot stomping. Oh. And while he was interested in all that he was picking up from the Squatch family as the Squatch family's pet, he was ready to go the fuck home. His first few escape attempts failed, if you can call them escape attempts. He says that several times he picked up his rifle and tried to walk away, but the large male would stand in his way, holding his hands in front of him and making irritated noises. What a dad. <laughs> this is where my respect for Osman really heightens. He had his rifle, but he didn't use it because he says, well... They just seemed too human, and ultimately, he felt that they had no intent of harming him. Mm -hmm. What a guy. Yeah. I like, can only imagine. I mean, people just go wild on each other now. Yeah, no, I think that's incredible that he like could recognize and like appreciate them in a way. Yeah. Honestly, so many people even now <laughs> would just be like, I'm going to blow them away. I don't, yeah. I don't care what they are, who they are, if they're human, if they're not. Like, they did kidnap them and were holding yeah. them. As well. Yeah. I so, mean, like, there is that. I wouldn't even necessarily, like, blame people for wanting to shoot them if, like, you feel no. like your life is in danger. Like, yeah, for sure. Do what you got to do. But, I mean, I don't think he felt in danger, like, his life was in danger. I just feel like. He's like, God damn it, I am a pet for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. While Osman wasn't keen on shooting the family to death, he did form the plan of incapacitating or potentially killing the large adult male by feeding him a box of snuff. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if he's going to go, have him go a good way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It sounds pretty awful. He does say that he felt that if he removed the largest threat, the male, he could get away without too much trouble. So he waited. And finally, Osman cracked open a brand new box of snuff, took a pinch for himself, and immediately the large male snatched the box out of his hand, dumping the entirety of the box's contents into his mouth, then proceeded to lick the tin clean. Oh, buddy, he loves he it. He loves it. It's He's like catnip. Like, what is that shit? <laughs> He's like rolling in it. Uh, I'm imagining uh, like the beast eating soup. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's actually a perfect visual. Oh, man. If anyone knows what it's like to swallow a bunch of snuff, and as Osman predicted, Big Daddy Sasquatch begins spewing, and Osman saw it as his chance for a jailbreak. Oh. The guy's like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd be so <laughs> like I'd kind of want to watch. I'd probably stick around too long, and then he'd be fine. Just the like God, God, that initial moment of the like. <laughs> His mouth starts watering a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> Am I okay? Starts looking Am I around. okay? Cold sweat. We've all been there, buddy. Fantastic. Osman ran, firing the rifle over the mother's head as she began to chase, scaring her off. He was able to lose the family, and after fearfully trekking through the woods back towards his camp, he was finally rescued by some loggers. Wow. Like many in similar scenarios, or scenarios that are just as strange because i don't know of any similar scenarios never nope osman kept his mouth shut in fear of being made a fool totally fair Mm -hmm. but when bigfoot sightings became more prevalent in the 1950s osman came forward with his experience (laughs) he came out with his tale Mm -hmm. and since then it's been picked to shreds debated, used as genuine evidence of Sasquatch existing, and everything in between. So kind of par for the course when it comes to stories like this. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just so detailed, and the focus on such aspects like specific words that they used and their day-to-day inclinations and habits, that's a new thing that rarely I feel like we ever hear about in any sort of context towards anything supernatural or paranormal or even you barely hear about it with animals that we know about so yeah yeah while vocal communication isn't new to primates in general humans are the only species known to use what is strictly defined as a language in that it has syntax grammar and a set vocabulary linguist ronald cosper elucidates Linguists have maintained that possession of language is a unique attribute of human beings. Earlier scholars claimed that humans invented language and learned to speak, passing this ability on to subsequent generations. More recently, the University of Language has convinced most linguists that language is a biologically based ability of human beings, and that we are genetically programmed to acquire language and speak. It has been discovered that although human languages differ considerably among themselves, they all have certain structural traits in common. If we are going to maintain that language is an evolutionary product, it is obviously important to study vocal communication in other species. Some primates are said to have a system of calls, and others communicate with various actions and displays. If Sasquatch are a close human relative, it would be extremely important to understand their vocal communication. Such knowledge would revolutionize our understanding of human language. Also, revolutionize everything, because that would mean Sasquatches are real. (laughs) Easily studied. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Cosper. Yeah, really fucking helpful information there. Um, He goes on, it may be true that Sasquatch have vocal communication similar to language, as quite a few of the observational reports of Sasquatch indicate. Tell me about these quite a few observational reports. Okay. Okay. Of course, many of these reports are observations of single individuals 
and it is unlikely that speaking would occur in these situations. Like, why talk to themselves all the fucking time? And and what do you mean, like, single... Is he talking, like, one-on-one interactions? Like, one person with one Sasquatch? Yeah. Or, like, even just someone <sighs> seeing a Sasquatch in there. I don't know. I don't know. This guy sounds like... like they're, a- not, they're not, like, back and forth. He's, like, conversing with someone. Sure. But I talk to myself all day long. I do. And I... I don't know. Um, my thought is not complete. I just, this guy annoys me. Fair. It's just like everything he's saying is like, okay, but. He's like, yeah, if we were able to study Sasquatch, it would be this revolutionary thing. I'm like, yeah, no like, shit, yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> Thanks. <sighs> he does wrap it up, though. However, when several Sasquatch are present together, there are often reports of language-like behavior. Often reports of? <laughs> when the fuck? What? What? What are you What reading? other report? Like, what special reports do you have? Project Brown Book. This fucking guy. Okay. Well, Cosper even suggests that Sasquatch groups or families may have different accents, dialects, or even languages depending on their location and range, which totally makes sense because Sasquatch might be in North America, but their cousins, the Yetis, could have their own variation, just as our cousins across the pond do. So, Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Ostman never backed down from his tale, and we may never know whether he had an inside look into the, a day in the life of a Sasquatch family. Or just felt the need to cook up a really interesting story. Regardless, it's a fascinatingly human accepting take, particularly from a gold digging woodsman in the 20s. And Mm -hmm. it just shows the most interesting stories or experiences can spring from surprising minds and people. Wow, (laughs) that's beautiful. Let me turn up a little bit. I love this story. It's just unlike any other like cryptid encounter. Yeah, no, I I like I'm 100% on board with this. And it would totally make sense. Like this that was in the 20s, you know, that was a long time ago before yeah. people were still digging for gold. So, <laughs> right. And I mean, you're not like do, spreading but... conspiracy theories over the internet about Sasquatch like this isn't he just heard about it from like the locals from like the indigenous population so yeah he has no reason to cook something up and it's not like they did anything wild to him you know like it was kind of if he was the first human they'd ever seen totally pet material like Mm -hmm. I'd do the same something Mm -hmm. That's about the size of like what a dog or cat or something would be to us if they're eight feet tall. Right. And like 500 pounds. And 500 pounds. And like he's got snacks. They got his prunes. So. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't see why not. Yeah. I mean like the only (laughs) – well, I guess I have two questions. One – 
could this have all been like he ate some bad mushrooms in the forest and had this weird experience? And then once he started like hearing about it later in his life, he was like, oh, fuck, is that what happened to me? <laughs> um, I mean, unlikely. can happen. Yeah. But also. That's I'm a like, long, bad trip. Too. That's true. I mean, it, he could have eaten some old ergot bread. Yeah. But he wasn't dancing, so. True. What was my other question? Oh, yeah. Were there, was there any discussion? Probably not, given that, like, he came forward in the 50s. But, like, was his mental state chill? I, from what I gather, and you know my research levels are, uh, very in depth <laughs> about shower depth. I didn't see anything that would make anyone think that he was not to be believed. But mm-hmm. again, just Google it and you can probably prove me wrong in about five minutes. Uh, he seemed like a solid guy to me. Okay. Cause yeah, I mean the only like, that's kind of the only explanation I have is like either something really weird happened to him while he was out there and he's just like remembering it differently 20, 30 years later, or he just like wasn't okay towards yeah. the end. But I'm going to ignore those two possibilities and say I'm 100% <laughs> on board and I love this guy. Full steam ahead on the yes, yes. train. Yes. I mean, it's just a great yes. story regardless. Like, it's just taken a really different stance. And he wouldn't even know that it was different because he was one of the first. So. Yeah. That's true. Ostman, you're a master and commander. A true master and commander. Yeah, I'm That's all for it. You. Hope you found some gold nugs. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's well, really interesting. Never. Yeah. Wow. Never heard anything like that. I wonder if now that we've kind of dug into it a bit more, if we'll just hear of a million stories like it. Now. I'm sure. I mean, I'm consistently surprised by how little I know. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not even surprised anymore. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Definitely <laughs> don't know that. have been confirmed. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. cool. <laughs> Very cool. A great way to come back from our uh, extended break. Hell yeah. We've got two yeses. That's that's rare. That is rare. Weirdly. <laughs> but listeners, what do you believe? We want to know. Um, so tell us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at, at Something Weird Podcast. And we want to hear every weirdy detail of your stories, whether they're paranormal, spooky, or just a little bit weird. And I'm sure you have a bunch since we last asked, I guess. So send them our way. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, please let us know with a nice five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's a small gesture, but it does make a difference and it helps us continue to get the truth out there. All right. Well, thanks for coming back, listeners. Um, sorry about the long break. Sorry about not telling you where we're going on a break. Uh, but we're happy to be back. And until next week, stay weirdy. <laughs>